Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Sky Simplified podcast, exploring astronomy through a different perspective, one episode at a time. My name is Pranet Sharma, and I'm a high school senior, as well as an absolute lover of everything astronomy. With me today, I have Dr. Ashwin Ramachandran, a postdoc at Stanford University studying bioengineering. And today's episode is all about exploring astronomy through the eyes of a biomedical engineer. If this is your first time here, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate us. The best thing you can do for this podcast is to share it around, so please let your family, friends, postman, neighbors, grocer, plumber, teacher, professor, anyone who you talk to know about this podcast. Now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, it's time to begin. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Okay, let's get started on today's topic, exploring astronomy through the eyes of a biomedical engineer. Dr. Ramachandran, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on. Let's take a minute and please share with the listeners your journey and how you got interested in biomedical engineering and scientific research. Yeah, uh, thank you, Pranay, for the introduction. Um, So I guess my journey into uh, getting into research and in general, uh, research in general, goes all the way back to perhaps my undergraduate days back in India. Uh, I majored in aeronautics uh, engineering uh, during my undergrad. And for me, just the whole idea of working in a lab, asking questions which people have not really, people do not have answers to, seemed to be like a very interesting exercise intellectual exercise so that that got me interested so i started working in this general area of fluid dynamics uh with applications to aerospace engineering during my undergrad and then that evolved into what i continued uh into my phd where i was using fluid dynamics and my core training in aeronautics and astronautics and applying that to uh different contexts so during my PhD, I kind of segued into uh, applying fluid dynamics principles to uh, both core engineering ideas, uh, engineering areas, both mechanical, environmental engineering, as well as uh, biomedical engineering. So uh, I guess my journey into research started off as an undergraduate, starting with, you know, like asking questions which people have either not asked or, or coming up with solutions to problems which people are are still like, you know, like unsolved problems in some sense. So you, you try to come up with solutions which hopefully someday either uh, answer questions which people have not answered or come up with solutions which people uh, are still looking for, um, you know, like solutions for practical applications. So I'm, I'm, my answer is as generic as it sounds because my my research and uh, training has been as as cross-disciplinary. So, yeah, that, that's been my journey so far. been my journey so far. Yeah, and that's really cool because that's kind of the exact thing that I love about research so much, just that you're able to kind of expand humanity's knowledge, you know, take something that was previously unknown and find out about it, which is just a very, very cool concept. 
So thank you. I'm really excited to discuss your perspective on astronomy through biomedical engineering and scientific research. You know, I think that all of these fields are very closely interlinked, even if in the case of, you know, biology, you may not see the immediate connections to astronomy. And I'm looking forward to see how these fields syncretize. So let's begin. So kind yeah. of, I know we discussed a little bit about how you got into research, but why, why biomedical engineering? Like, how did you, how did you get into that field specifically? How did, how did that interest kind of develop? Yeah, very uh, interesting question because, um, as I told you, I, my training was traditionally in aerospace engineering and technically my degree, my major, majority of my coursework has still been in aerospace engineering, but I'd say like, if there's this one point, if I have to like pinpoint like a single uh, experience that kind of got me into biomedical research, I would have to point that out to my first year of grad school uh, at, at Stanford, where I did my master's and PhD in aeronautics and astronautics. So I, during the end of my first year uh, in grad school, I happened to do this uh, research internship kind of a position at Massachusetts IND or Infirmary, part of Harvard and MIT's uh, health science and technology training program. So I got this opportunity to work with uh, work in this area called bioastronautics, which basically has to deal with how humans, um, how human physiology uh, changes and uh, evolves in, in a space flight environment. So what happens when you send astronauts up to space or when humans are, uh, uh, are present in this spacecraft during long-term uh, space flight. And part of my research during those two to three months had to do with studying how the balance, so the human human sense of perception, orientation, and balance, how all of that changes in a space, in a space flight environment when gravity doesn't feel like what it is on, on Earth. So I, I was uh, training uh, and testing uh, uh, a few experiments on humans where we would subject them to different accelerations uh, which which are not earth-like and then see how their perception perception changes and this this kind of research uh, experience got me to uh, got me to a perspective which I think was very interesting which is humans and core biology that our humans have developed on Earth is very specific to what, like the, the, the knowledge that we have is very specific to an Earth-like environment. And that completely changes when you, you for example, go into, let's say, uh, for example, on Mars or Moon, or, or even like just space flight on a journey to these uh, terrestrial, extraterrestrial uh, places. And turns out that gravity space, deep space radiation, and even confined spaces, isolation, these, all these aspects have a lot to do with how we as social beings and biological beings uh, perceive and evolve our responses to varying environments. And, and that in general, like got me to thinking about biology and space. So I, I figured out when I when I want to, when I have my independent career as a research scientist, that is kind of the area I would like to like explore 
and then I found, uh, well, I, I viewed my PhD and my postdoctoral training as, as a bridge between traditional aerospace engineering and traditional biology research and then trying to, you know, like learn how people perceive research in these two areas and then bridge the gap between these two areas when I go into my uh, independent career. So that's kind of how I actually got into uh, bioengineering. So a lot of uh, tools, research, uh, research tools and questions that we ask as bioengineers are very similar as what we would ask as, as a bioastronautics uh, researcher. So hope that kind of uh, gives you some idea of, of my transition in some sense. And that's actually really cool because I think it shows, you know, the way that astronomy and biomedical engineering are really linked when you're whenever you're spending or sending humans into space, you need to engineer around them and you need to be able to create those tools that allow them to live there. Because as you said, you know, like our bodies are designed to living on Earth. Anywhere else we go, we need to adapt accordingly. And technology is the way we adapt. So, yeah. Um, that is absolutely correct. And, and in fact, I, I would say astronomy is, is a pretty, it, it's like an umbrella term that encompasses like a variety of things. So what I told you was more from the engineering perspective. There are also things on the scientific front, which I'm happy to talk about at a later point uh, as we uh, as our discussion evolves. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So, so kind of leading off of that question, um, are, is there any way that astronomy has developed biomedical engineering as a field, or has it influenced biomedical engineering in any way? Uh, I, I, I'm not entirely, you know, like. Uh, certain about how one has influenced the other, but I can I can at least definitely talk to how there are certain you know like philosophical concepts when you when it, when you like look at in terms of research and the tools that we develop that that you know have broadly been applicable to both these areas. So I think one thing that comes to mind is the power of visualization or the power of you know like seeing is believing that that's that's something that we we as scientists like to think about so uh one thing that comes to mind is for example how a lot of advances in, in astronomy and in biomedical bioengineering and biology in general have come from this principle of microscopes versus telescopes so what what we what in biology we believe is the more powerful the microscopes get to to go and look at like subcellular or or or, or things that happen within a human cell right the, the power that microscopy has kind of uh, enabled research in biology i would find that to be analogous to what giant powerful telescopes have uh, you know provided us with, with respect to astronomy so that so just just developing like optics it, it's kind of the same principle lenses that we develop one where we are trying to look at like several thousands and several hundred thousands and um, million miles away from us so that's one end of the spectrum where we build optics and giant telescopes and uh, lenses to get to what we can like look very far whereas we have a very similar on the other end of the spectrum approach where we look at 
the same optics which enable us to look at like several nanometer or angstrom level, probably nanometer, hundreds of nanometer level uh, scales of what happens within biology. So in some sense, it's the same physical principle, which is being able to look at things to decipher what's happening. And these have just, you know, like evolved in like opposite directions, but starting from the same idea of like visualization. So I would say like tools of optics have like kind of, uh, you know, in some sense unified our approach to studying these two fields. And then probably not biomedical engineering, but probably more mechanical or aerospace engineering. This um, pro goes back to this topic I alluded to earlier about how science has kind of unified these two areas. So there's this interesting area of fluid dynamics, which, which kind of is an area that I got to work on during my undergrad and grad school. And it turns out that astronomy, like the core principles in astronomy, you take, think of, for example, star formation, could think about evolution of galaxies, uh, and, and even like how the, the environment of a planet forms, or, or, or a star, for example, the, the gaseous environment. Or if, for example, when, when you have comets and meteorites traveling through space and the, uh, the atmosphere that they generate, the shock waves, plasma, all of these things, turns out there are like core unifying principles, which are general equations of fluid dynamics, which, you know, it's very interesting. Flow of a river on Earth, flow of biological fluids, for example, blood within human body, uh, or, or even like uh, as, as mechanical engineers designing pipes. So the fluid dynamics, the, the governing principles that determine how fluids flow and evolve, and how atmosphere is formed, it'll be, it'll be surprising to note that these are all variants of fundamental equation called Navier-Stokes equations, which, which are general force balance equations that people have evolved. But you know, like these, these general principles seem to like kind of help explain and also uh, as engineers, we utilize these equations to develop new uh, tools for, for both Earth and for astronomical uh, understanding of, of what happens at those scales. So things got to do with biomedical devices. You use like, for example, card, cardiac um, stents and all, all, all you, you can think of biomedical applications where you need to really understand how fluid flow and all these devices work to how developing uh, sewage networks and pipes throughout like cities to like star formation. It, it's all like the same fluid dynamic principles, gases versus plasma versus liquids, uh, flu liquids and gases, like fluid dynamics. All of these principles, you know, are in some sense like encompass fields. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's pretty interesting how when you think about uh, unifying principles that science is very powerful and it, it can really enable you to like, like encompass different fields and gain understanding across these fields. Um, especially discussing, you know, like the, the Navier-Stokes equations, I've, I've looked into them quite a bit and I just think it's so crazy that we have, we have just a series of differential equations that can describe something as crazy as a fluid. 
And there's a, a subfield of fluid dynamics called magnetohydrodynamics, um, which is very important when you're looking at an object like a star, because it describes the motion of fluids within the star. It's just really complex interactions of magnetic fields, electric fields, and then obviously you have you have the fluid component, which nobody really understands fully. So I think, like as you mentioned, just that intersectionality is always going to be there, and every field of science kind of plays off of the other one. Yeah, absolutely. And just to you know, kind of build build upon what you just said, so I, I part of my research uh, expertise in this is, is in this area called microfluidics, and electrohydrodynamics and magnetohydrodynamics uh, applications, uh, you know, are are also seen in microfluidic devices. So we build these tiny, tiny uh, devices, which are on the size of a human hair. So you, it's like you have to take a human hair and you can like literally see how thick it is. And we build like these tiny micro devices that, you know, like mix fluids, Use we use them to like detect DNA. Recent, some of my recent work has been to apply that for detecting SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that's responsible for COVID-19. So we, we developed this microfluidic assay, which actually uses electric fields and fluid dynamics uh, principles to basically move DNA, biological molecules around, and then use that to, you know, detect DNA. So it's, it's kind of interesting how like principles of fluid dynamics combining with electric fields and magnetohydrodynamics, which which also have like applications in microfluidics are, are you know, like, they cut, cut across disciplines, including astronomy, biomedical engineering, mechanical engineering, and even chemical engineering for all of that. So very fundamentally unifying principles that's so cool to think about you know like you you have a field that's very very physics based like fluid dynamics or honestly anything fluid related and then you're able to use it in a very biological context and make tangible changes and tangible kind of improvements into biology and you know i've have a lot of friends who are into physics who'll say i hate biology and then i have friends who are into biology who'll say i hate physics but I don't really understand that because they're just so interlinked that you can't like one and then not like the other. So I think I think that that's yeah. that's such a cool idea to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think modern research is also moving in, in a direction where the traditional old school way of categorizing uh, research and, you know, like the university system of segregating <clears throat> sorry, uh, segregating disciplines by physics, engineering, or biology are, are, you know, like, I think becoming gray areas. And I think people are now looking at more interdisciplinary research, which which just encompasses all these disciplines. So I, I just like to, you know, view myself as a, as a, as a scientific researcher. And I, I leave the word science in there because I think science and engineering are very closely linked. And then I don't, speak about any particular discipline because I think major advances in, in you take any field these days require expertise that actually go across disciplines. It's not just one or two that you can like name. Right. Yeah. And it, I think like even when you look at engineering, and this is something that I talked about on an earlier episode, but every field of engineering shares a core. And in order to build up to one field, you have to use other fields, you know, like aerospace engineering has so much mechanical engineering within it. 
you know, civil engineering has a lot of mechanical engineering within it. Aerospace also combines, you know, like electrical engineering, electronics engineering, just just so many various fields. And I think that it's it's definitely of more value to view fields as a composite of other fields rather than being their own, like completely independent almost category. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I, I, I really uh, agree with this perspective uh, and I strongly believe in that, which is, I, I think these traditional disciplines uh, or, or the disciplines that we know of, like what you just mentioned, are there more for like bookkeeping purposes. But I think when you start getting into research, uh, you realize like you're just one and one of these curious minds that 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 is looking to uh, just go have this intellectual freedom where you're just you know like uh, floating across these different disciplines and then taking ideas across these specialities to come up with an innovative or a new perspective to 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 uh, both expand our understanding or come up with a solution to to problems that we are uh, still trying to like find answers to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So kind of what, what do you think has been the most landmark intersection of biomedical engineering and, and astronomy in the past? Um, I can't think of one in particular, but, but I think I'm, I might be biased in my answer, but, but I think one of this ideas, which is, uh, which probably has got to do with, you know, uh, trying to look for life outside earth like like trying to look at either uh, well it gets into like a very philosophical question of what life is but then once you kind of define what life is trying to as humans just this intellectual curiosity in, in terms of trying to figure out our place in this universe in this cosmos trying to see vi- are we like the fortunate lucky ones who, who are like the only ones out there or are there like life forms as we know or as we define elsewhere i think that's where uh th- this has been an open question for like a long time and i think with more developments in these in in all of technologies and sciences and our own understanding of what's happening here i think we are getting to a question where we we will at some point we might at some point be able to get to how life began on earth and and also trying to you know like figure out where earth uh, where earth like life or, or life as we define it might exist elsewhere and then find ways to you know actually go and look for life and then learn principles like design principles and and, and just general general evolution of humans or, or or even life humans is like very advanced life but even starting from basic bacteria single cell organisms um, trying to see how they might have at some point either evolved into alternate life forms different from what we know just just that intellectual curiosity and what we can learn from it i think that that is i i think where i see us going and and, and i think like in terms of a landmark, I would say like even knowing the possibility of something like that might something like that might exist elsewhere. So things got to do with basic things like do you find water on Mars? Do you find things like basic 
requirements or what might be uh, required for life to survive elsewhere those kind of questions and then evidence towards pointing towards those directions i think those are all like proving uh, to be very important in this uh, i think i would say like very rewarding journey in scientific research i think this is where i think uh, we I, I see like a lot of value and power in terms of what has been uh, uh, contributed so far across different fields and by different scientists. Oh yeah, for sure. And especially, you know, like a lot of people discredit astronomy and astrophysics in general, saying, why do we care about space? But the aspect of life that you talked about, right? The study of the universe is at its core, the study of us. It's the study of our origin, the study of seeing where we're going to end up going. And, and that's why I think there's so much value in studying the universe because as a species, that's like our most fundamental question. Where did we come from? You know, what is our role? And, and yes, you know, you could work on, on yourself, on, on life, on Earth. But this, this isn't something that, that you should just discredit because this is kind of essential for our understanding of the species and, and understanding where we're going to end up going, what our, what our role is almost. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Um, and kind of just to, to wrap things up, uh, like, is there any message that you have for the, the students, astronomers, or like biomedical engineers who might be listening? Oh, I, I, I think uh, something that I think I would have really, uh, you know, like learned uh, early in life is to not be afraid to uh, question uh, or, or ask hard questions and to not be afraid to break disciplines or, or when I say break disciplines what I mean is to go go across disciplines so don't be fearful of uh, learning new things always be open to uh, you know like ask tough questions and then really you know be open to um, uh, learning new things so I for me growing up as an aerospace being trained as a, an aerospace engineer uh, I, I was a little intimidated by biology it's like what is DNA what's RNA what are those complicated you know drawings and those fancy looking things but then be be open to like learning have have a curious mind and then don't be uh, afraid to challenge uh, existing uh, viewpoints or views in like these established areas and I think sometimes being fearless in terms of your approach to scientific research as long as you uh, as long as you base it on evidence and rigor scientific rigor I think uh, as as uh, as growing young researchers and, and young people getting into science I would say like be be open to taking up hard questions and be fearless in terms of your research approach and be open to like learning always uh, because there's, there's nothing to lose. Uh, you, you just, uh, I think the, the experience when you find something interesting can be really, really rewarding. And I, and I, I as, uh, as a scientific researcher, like really find value and in intellectual contributions in, in like these well-established or, or like big areas. So I, I would, say like follow your passion it could be like 
have, I guess, develop a passion uh, and then follow it with being fearless without really, you know, being bound by these traditional disciplines, be, be open to learning. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, I hope you listeners are all a little bit more enlightened. I know I sure am. Um, is there anything that you want to plug, like a social media or a website? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't have any in particular. So yeah. yeah. Any website that you find really cool that anybody who's interested in these fields can go to? Oh, oh, I would like for me because part of my so I don't have one of my own, but I I generally uh, because of my own interest I I like to follow NASA. Uh, and, and actually when the European Space Agency, uh, these are all like, and, and probably even the Indian Space Agency, it can be any Japanese, Chinese. I, I, I don't have any one particular one that I would recommend to, but I would say like, just go explore these websites. And in particular, what I follow, something that I would recommend is, is uh, uh, I, I forget the exact link, but you can just search for NASA and space biology. Uh, something that got me interested in this area and and I, I kind of like to think about these cool experiments that NASA uh, is currently working on in the International Space Station and trying to understand biology in, in space. Uh, so I would totally like recommend just exploring NASA's website. They have like so many different programs both on the astronomical side as well, different space missions but also in terms of different biological questions that they might be that they are currently interested in in, in answering so that's one thing i would uh, that i can think of on top of my head that um i i follow and i find very interesting uh yeah i, I would recommend that awesome yeah and i'll put the link to that in the description of this uh, ep- mm-hmm. yeah, thank you so much for coming on again uh, listeners, if you have any questions, make sure to drop them off at skysimplified.com. And until next time, clear skies. Sky Simplified Podcast is created, hosted, edited, and produced by Pranet Sharma. The music is by Pranet Sharma. For questions about the show, go to www.skysimplified.com. As always, thank you for listening and clear skies.